Section twenty nine of the Cloister and the Hearth. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Cloister and the Hearth by Charles Reed. Chapter twenty eight. Things good and evil balance themselves in a remarkable manner and almost universally the steel bow attached to the arbalistrier's back and carried above his head had sunk him that very steel bow owing to that very position could not escape gerard's hands one of which grasped it and the other went between the bow and the cord which was as good the next moment dennis by means of his crossbow was hoisted with so eager a jerk that half his body bobbed up out of water now grip me not grip me not cried gerard in mortal terror of that fatal mistake Pussy bay gurgled dennis seeing the sort of stuff he had to deal with gerard was hopeful and calm directly on thy back said he sharply and seizing the arbalest and taking a stroke forward he aided the desired movement hand on my shoulder slap the water with the other hand no with a downward motion so do nothing more than i bid thee gerard had got hold of dennis's long hair twisting it hard caught the end between his side teeth and with the strong muscles of his youthful neck easily kept up the soldier's head and struck out lustily across the current a moment he had hesitated which side to make for little knowing the awful importance of that simple decision then seeing the west bank a trifle nearest he made towards it instead of swimming to jail like a good boy and so furnishing one a novel incident owing to the force of the current that slanted considerably and when they had covered near a hundred yards dennis murmured uneasily how much more of it courage mumbled gerard whatever a duck knows a dutchman knows art safe as in bed the next moment to their surprise they found themselves in shallow water and so waded ashore once on terra firma they looked at one another from head to foot as if eyes could devour then by one impulse flung each an arm round the other's neck and panted there with hearts too full to speak and at this sacred moment life was sweet as heaven to both sweetest perhaps to the poor exiled lover who had just saved his friend o oh, joy to whose height what poet has yet soared or ever tried to soar to save a human life and that life a loved one such moments are worth living for ay threescore years and ten and then calmer they took hands and so walked along the bank hand in hand like a pair of sweethearts scarce knowing or caring whither they went the boat people were all safe on the late concave now convex craft hair turnip face the inverter of things being in the middle all this fracas seemed not to have essentially deranged his habits at least he was greeting when he shot our friends into the rhine and greeting when they got out again 
shall we wait till they write the boat no dennis our fare is paid we owe them naught let us on and briskly dennis assented observing that they could walk all the way to cologne on this bank i fare not to cologne was the calm reply why whither then to burgundy to burgundy ah no that is too good to be soothed soothed tis and sense into the bargain what matters it to me how i go to rome nay nay you but say so to pleasure me the change is too sudden and think me not so ill-hearted as take you on at your word also did i not see your eyes sparkle at the wonders of cologne the churches the images the relics how dull art thou dennis that was when we were to enjoy them together churches i shall see plenty go romeward how i will the bones of saints and martyrs alas the world is full of them but a friend like thee where on earth's face shall i find another no i will not turn thee farther from the road that leads to thy dear home and her that pines for thee neither will i rob myself of thee by leaving thee since i drew thee out of rhine i love thee better than i did thou art my pearl i fish thee and must keep thee so gainsay me not or thou wilt bring back my fever but cry courage and lead on and hey for burgundy dennis gave a joyful caper courage vapour la bourgognon oh soyez tranquille c'était fois il est bien de sediment mort c'est coquine là and they turned their backs on the rhine on this decision making itself clear across the rhine there was a commotion in the little party that had been watching this discussion and the friends had not taken many steps ere a voice came to them over the water halt gerard turned and saw one of those four holding out a badge of office and a parchment slip his heart sank for he was a good citizen and used to obey the voice that now bade him turn again to dusseldorf the laws dennis did not share his scruples he was a frenchman and despised every other nation laws inmates and customs included he was a soldier and took a military view of the situation superior force opposed river between rear open why twas retreat made easy he saw at a glance that the boat still drifted in midstream and there was no ferry nearer than dusseldorf i shall beat a quick retreat to that hill said he and then being out of sight quick step they sauntered off halt in the bailiff's name cried a voice from the shore dennis turned round and ostentatiously snapped his fingers at the bailiff and proceeded halt in the archbishop's name dennis snapped his fingers at his grace and proceeded halt in the emperor's name dennis snapped his fingers at his majesty and proceeded gerard saw this needless pantomime with regret and as soon as they passed the brow of the hill said there is now but one course 
we must run to burgundy instead of walking and he set off and ran the best part of a league without stopping dennis was fairly blown and inquired what on earth had become of gerard's fever i begin to miss it sadly said he dryly i dropped it in rhine i trow was the reply presently they came to a little village and here dennis purchased a loaf and a huge bottle of rhenish wine for he said we must sleep in some hole or corner if we lie at an inn we shall be taken in our beds this was no more than common prudence on the old soldier's part the official network for catching lawbreakers especially plebeian ones was very close in that age though the cooperation of the public was almost null at all events upon the continent the innkeepers were everywhere under close surveillance as to their travellers for whose acts they were even in some degree responsible more so it would seem than for their sufferings the friends were both glad when the sun set and delighted when after a long trudge under the stars for the moon if i remember right did not rise till about three in the morning they came to a large barn belonging to a house at some distance a quantity of barley had been lately thrashed for the heap of straw on one side the thrashing floor was almost as high as the unthrashed corn on the other here be two royal beds said dennis which shall we lie on the mow or the straw the straw for me said gerard they sat on the heap and ate their brown bread and drank their wine and then dennis covered his friend up in straw and heaped it high above him leaving him only a breathing hole water they say is death to fevered men i'll make warm water aunt anyhow gerard bade him make his mind easy these few drops from rhine cannot chill me i feel heat enough in my body now to parch a kennel or boil a cloud if i was in one and with this epigram his consciousness went so rapidly he might really be said to fall asleep dennis who lay awake a while heard that which made him nestle closer horses hoofs came ringing up from dusseldorf and the wooden barn vibrated as they rattled past howling in a manner too well known and understood in the fifteenth century but as unfamiliar in europe now as a red indian's war-hoop dennis shook where he lay gerard slept like a top it all swept by and troop and howls died away the stout soldier drew a long breath whistled in a whisper closed his eyes and slept like a top too in the morning he sat up and put out his hand to wake gerard it lighted on the young man's forehead and found it quite wet dennis then in his quality of nurse forbore to wake him it is ill to check sleep or sweat in a sick man said he i know that far though i ne'er minced ape nor gallows bird after waiting a good hour he fell desperately hungry so he turned and in self-defence went to sleep again poor fellow in his hard life he had been often driven to this manoeuvre at high noon he was waked by gerard moving 
and found him sitting up with the straw smoking round him like a dunghill animal heat versus moisture gerard called him a lazy loon he quietly grinned they set out and the first thing dennis did was to give gerard his arbalist etc and mount a high tree on the road coast clear to the next village said he and on they went on drawing near the village dennis halted and suddenly inquired of gerard how he felt what can you not see i feel as if rome was no further than yon hamlet but thy body lad thy skin neither hot nor cold and yesterday twas hot one while and cold another but what i cannot get rid of is this tiresome leg le grand malheur many of my comrades have found no such difficulty ah there it goes again itches consumedly unhappy youth said dennis solemnly the sum of thy troubles is this thy fever is gone and thy wound is healing sith so it is added he indulgently i shall tell thee a little piece of news i had otherwise withheld what is't asked gerard sparkling with curiosity the hue and cry is out after us and on fleet horses oh end of section twenty nine recording by john brandon